The extra games, by the way, if you look at the schedule, like the days where the Mets are off and the Braves are still playing, I'll tell you who it is. It's at Philadelphia on Thursday. It's at Washington next Monday. They're probably going to win those games. What are we talking about here? They're essentially tied. I'd love to be surprised by it. I'd love to be slapped in the face by the Nationals scoring eight runs in the first thing against the Braves and slowly pulling away. But credit to Atlanta, they have beaten these teams. So if the Mets can get to September 30th, tied for first place, which sets up a series that determines the division. I think it's as simple as that. If it is tied going into that three-game series, the winner of that series likely, likely wins the division. Because if the Mets lose two out of three, and they're a game back, and the Braves are playing the Marlins, it's over. The Braves are going to destroy the Marlins. They'll win the division. Good night. If the Mets win two out of three, it's a double-deucer because then they're really two games up because they don't win the tiebreaker. See what I'm saying? Then again, if the Mets lose two out of three, they're a game back with the tiebreaker. Yeah, they still wouldn't win the division because, like I said, the Braves would beat the Marlins all three games. The Mets wouldn't gain the game back. Let's let's not talk about losing. Let's talk about winning. How are they going? How are they going to win these games? It's it's frustrating because, it, 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 and I had this comment about a week ago, and people were 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 pissing on me. They're like, "Dude, you can't use the Braves as an excuse. You can't use this as an excuse." But the fact is, this team is going to win over a hundred plus games. They're probably going to win a hundred two yep. games, right? Whatever it is, that's phenomenal. That's one of the best seasons that the Mets have ever had. And yet, people are going to consider it a collapse because they might not win the division. Blah blah blah. It's like. The Braves are really freaking good, and you can't take yeah, that but, away. But you Same know what, Pete, thing that's happened Pete, in the past. Pete, I, I would have agreed with you a month ago, where if they and I, I think I said it to you, eh, this team could win 105 games, not win the division. If they don't win this division, there's clear things we can point to as to why they got swept at home by the Chicago Cubs. They lose the division by one game or even two games. We circle back to those three, and you're head to head with Atlanta. So if you lose that series to the Atlanta Braves, you could point to that and say, well, they had their chance. They had their three best pitchers on the mound in Atlanta, and they didn't win the series. That's why it is working out into a way where the Mets could win 100 games, not win the division. And, yeah, we could still be pissed because we'll point to a series or games where they blew it, where they, they, they had their opportunity. How many, how many wins do they have to have? Forget the Atlanta series. I'm talking about uh, getting to the Atlanta series. See, they got eight games I, before they get to Atlanta. What do they got to do? Six and two? Is that good enough? Think they have to be. I, I said they have to have. They have to win eleven games over this final stretch. Over the, the, the rest of the season, they need eleven wins. They'll take it to 104, and that'll uh, that'll win them the division. So whatever. Yeah, that I think is. that would be two out of three against Milwaukee. Because it's going to be tough to sweep the Brewers. Brewers are a good team. You go win that series, I think you have to be happy. It looks like they'll have the starting pitching edges in Game 2 and 3. There's no one announced for Game 2. Adrian Hauser is going to pitch the third game of the series. Not that pitching edges matter. Look at the Chicago series. The Mets had the pitching edge in every one of those games, and they lost. (laughs) And I think Max Scherzer, Corbin Burns is close to a push, if not advantage Milwaukee, considering Scherzer's coming off the injured list. But I would say 2 out of 3 in Milwaukee. I want to say a sweep in Oakland. The A's are a bad baseball team, but it is the West Coast. It is tricky. Two out of three in Oakland, both games against the Marlins. That gets you yes. to, that's six and two. That gets you to six and two against the Braves. The hope is the Braves lose two games during the, during their ten games they play because they go eight and two. We go six and two. 
It's all queued up, tied for first place, going into Atlanta. Uh, can it be no. easy? Can it be easy? You talk about this all the time. Like, I, I, I listen. I enjoy the playoff run. I, I'm excited. I'm in it. But my God, I would love it to be a well, little bit easier. Just to I got make, a tweet yeah. uh, this morning, or not? Not this morning. It was after the Mets won, and he said, "Can you believe that this is the anniversary?" of the Mets clinching the division in 2006, and our record is two games better than the team that clinched the division in 2006. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, we are, we're in uncharted territory. For, for guys our age, if you don't remember 88 or 86, which I'm too young for, this is, what I said to you a few weeks ago, the best regular season team we've seen in our lifetime. And by the way, that may be true even if they don't win the division because – they are on their way to potentially winning 100 games. And they just happen to share a division with a really, really good team. But look, there are no excuses. They're going to get their crack against the Atlanta Braves. And if they could get to that series, even if they're down a game, you want to know why? If you're down a game going into that series, win two out of three, then you're tied with the tiebreaker. Like, unless they're two or three games back, and God willing, they're not. I mean, but then again, the Braves just go win every single game. Mets lose twice. There you go. It's right there in front of them. A couple of quick things I didn't get to that we should. Number one, Pete Alonso got hit by Oviata in the Sunday game and looked incredibly pissed off. I get it. It's just, it's annoying. Okay, what are you, you going to bitch at Oviato? Like, he's not the one who drilled Starling Marte. It was Mitch Keller. He's not the one who's drilled you 15 times this season. And so bitching does nothing. Uh, it really does. You want to go out there and beat the crap out of him? I guess you could do that. You know, we've always talked about it. If you're that ticked off about being hit, just run out there and beat someone up. I get the team frustration that they have. This has been going on since April. They are on the verge of breaking the all-time record that was set last year. So it's not that impressive of a record if it was set last year in terms of guys being hit in a particular season. But what are you going to do about it at this point? Look, the Marte thing sucks because it's really hurt this team. And I don't even know when he's coming back. Like, have we even really received a legitimate update on when Marte is coming back? At this point, get him back for the Atlanta series. I assume he's going to miss this entire road trip. I assume he's not going to play the two games against the Marlins. You know what? Forget that. Just get him back for the playoffs. Whether it's the wild card series or the divisional series, get Starling Marte back. But Alonzo was pissed. The best is emptied. It really turned into a lot of nothing. Well, did you see, by the way, that uh, the John Boy did a breakdown of Alonzo John at uh, Samson the other night? After <laughs> oh, so what did, he, what did he end like, up saying to, to Samson when he hit the foul home run and then ends up drawing a walk and then draws it with Adrian Samson? So the funny thing is this, is they share the same Oh, agent. really? So they're, fr- they're friendly with each other. But when Alonzo threw the bat, he Samson's basically telling him, like, please don't do that like I don't appreciate it like that's not good like for like the fans don't throw the bat like that I just don't I don't like to see that stuff like that's what he was basically saying and verbalizing to the umpire and Alonzo was just saying just pitch the ball so Samson is the one who started it yeah he's an an emotional guy you know whether it's breaking bats or flipping his bat because he's frustrated over a walk in which he just missed a foul home run he's an emotional guy all I care about is him producing I don't give a crap how emotional he is as long as he gets big hits. That's all that matters. But hopefully no more Mets get hit, no more Mets get hurt. The Mets have a magic number of two 
to clinch a playoff spot, which is the most anticlimactic playoff spot clinching I've ever seen. When the Mets <laughs> won the wild card in 2000, there was a celebration. Armando Benitez was jumping up in the air. Everybody was happy. Obviously, 1999 was a one-game playoff. Um, clinching a playoff spot is a big deal for this franchise. It really is. I mean, how many times in our lifetime have we seen the New York Mets in the playoffs? I can tell you off the top of my head. 16, 15, 6, 0, 99. That's it. That's five times. Five, right? And I don't even count 2016 because it ain't the real playoffs. But for the sake of this conversation, they made the playoffs in 2016. <laughs> that was six years ago. Like, the Mets don't make the playoffs a lot. So I'm not endorsing that there needs to be any kind of celebration because all they've got to do is win one game against the Brewers and they'll officially clinch a playoff spot. There'll be a little check mark next to their name in the standings if you look at the newspaper or MLB.com or my <laughs> scorebook because I, I do put a little uh, P next to the Houston Astros. They've clinched a playoff spot. A little D next to the L.A. Dodgers. They've clinched the division. But I think because of the divisional race and the fact that that's everyone's focus, I would assume it's going to be a very low-key celebration. But I want to tell you something depressing, Pete. Go play a little game. A little fun, itsy-bitsy game. In 2016, the New York Mets made their last playoff appearance. Okay? On the playoff roster for that team. Okay? Not guys on the injured list, because Jacob DeGrom was on that team. But he was on the, I think, disabled list at the time. But now we call it the injured list. How many of those guys are still on the New York Mets today. I'm going to throw out a number two. You're going to say two? I'm saying two. No, no, no. It's not two. Not two. It's not even close to two. Two? Who? From the current roster? If you think there were two guys on the 2016 playoff roster that are still on the New York Mets, I'd love for you to tell me who the hell those two guys are. Yeah, I don't even know. There's nobody. <laughs> In fact, McNeil, McNeil didn't get called up. No, no, Jeff guess, right? McNeil, McNeil was not around. on that team by that point. McNeil got called up in 2018. Pete Alonso was called up in 2019. Uh, uh, Brandon Nimmo. Nimmo may have been called up that year, I think, but I don't think he was. He wasn't on the postseason roster, which is what I was saying. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make even more depressed because, all right, that's interesting. Maybe you're listening saying, okay, sure. Yeah, Curtis Granderson isn't on the Mets anymore. You ready for this one? I'm going to turn it up a notch. How many guys on the 2016 playoff roster actively plays Major League Baseball anymore? See, that's the, that's the thing that really makes me laugh. Forget about who's on the Mets. How many guys are active you count Major League Baseball players anymore? <laughs> Do you count a Conforto? That's a great question. That's a great question because he was on that <laughs> roster. Uh, Michael Conforto. You know what? I will count him. That's, that's fine. I'll count him. <laughs> Put it this way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the list of the guys. On the, I'll do it that way. I'm going to tell you who is on. One hand? Oh, one hand. Is it one hand? Yeah. Here are the guys from the 2016 <laughs> playoff roster. First of all, Noah Syndergaard is still active. He obviously made the start. We all remember that. Noah pitched a hell of a game. Seven scoreless innings. Granderson made that incredible catch that could have lived in Met history if the Mets won the game, but they didn't. So Noah Syndergaard is absolutely active. That's number one. Fernando Salas. I have no idea where he is. 
Oh, Hansel Robles was on that team. He got DFA'd recently. I'd say he's still active. I don't know where he signed or where he is right now, but he pitched Major League Baseball this year, so he definitely counts as active. That's two. Addison Reed, gone. He, who knows where he is? Robert Gazelman. I think Gazelman's in the minor leagues with the Cubs, if I'm not mistaken. I think. Uh, yeah, Cubs. It says Cubs. All right. Unactive. Jairus Familia. Yes, he pitched this year. He just got DFA'd by the Red Sox after he was DFA'd by the Philadelphia Phillies. And he was the GOAT in that game. He gave up a home run to Connor Gillespie or whatever the hell his name is. Josh Edgen. Gone. Oh, my Jerry God. Jerry Blevins. Don't we see him on TV every once in a while? S-O-Y. And then yeah. finally, Bartolo Colon. Now, look, in oh fairness, my. there were some other guys who are still on the New York Mets and guys who are active, just not on the playoff roster. So I'll give you an example. Seth Lugo actually pitched pretty well for the Mets down the stretch in 2016. So I, I know it's a little bit misleading, but just play the game. I'm talking about active guys on the roster for the uh, for the wild, cards, wild card game. All right? Was Darno not playing? Was he? Travis Darno did not start the game. Rene Rivera, who we all fell in love with at the time, was the starting catcher. <laughs> they had three catchers, two of which are active: Kevin Plowecki, who just got DFA'd, I think, by uh, the Red Sox, and Travis Darno, who's obviously blossomed into a star. But the rest of these guys are definitely inactive. Here you go: As Drupal Cabrera gone, Eric Soup Campbell gone, Kelly Johnson gone. Ty Kelly, gone. James Loney, gone. Jose Reyes, he played an old-timers game, gone. TJ Rivera, we all love TJ, gone. Jay Bruce, retired. Yoenis Cespedes, chasing bulls. Michael Conforto, sort of active. Curtis Granderson, and finally, Juan Ligaris. The whole point of this exercise is that six years was a long effing time ago. And now is the last time the Mets played a playoff game. And those were the guys on the freaking roster for the New York Mets that year. Yuck. It's, emba- it's embarrassing. It's, it's literally like you think about the Yankees. And I, I don't always want to do this. But like you think about the Yankees. They just got rid of Brett Gardner for the first time this year. He was on the, the World Series team in 2009. Yes, he wasn't was. He? Yes, he was. I mean, you always have at least one guy who lingers. We don't even have a guy who lingers. I know. I think think Lugo is the only (laughs) other guy besides the I'm trying to think. I think Nimmo may have gotten to the major leagues that year, so there must have been a few guys that at least participated on that team. And that was an interesting team because, remember, they they felt dead and buried in July, and they got really, really hot. It all started in a series against San Francisco. They got real hot. They had a huge September. They ended up making the postseason – Unfortunately, they ran into Madison Bumgarner. And that's one of those rare cases where I will tip my hat to the opposing pitcher and not bitch about the Mets not getting big hits against him. Like, he was ultra-dominant. Wilmer Flores was on the 2016 team. He did not make the postseason roster. Uh, David Wright was on the 2016 team, as we may recall. Uh, Matt Reynolds, who's still an active major leaguer. Brandon Nimmo did come up. He played... 32 games. Actually, was pretty productive at 274. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, as I mentioned. Steven Matz, who's still an active major leaguer. And then you've got Seth Lugo, who pitched pretty well. And that's pretty much it. The rest of them are all gone and out of baseball. But that's the last time the New York Mets made the playoffs. So if they clinch this week, and they better, because all it takes is one win against the Brewers, 
while the Mets won't have a wild celebration, we all should recognize that it is special to make the playoffs. It is. And I, I hope that in the years to come, we will become like Yankee fans where we'll expect to make the playoffs. Where making the playoffs won't be a big deal. But for me, making the playoffs is a big deal. And as much as we all want to win the division, rightfully so, let's not ignore that we don't get to do this very often. We just don't. You know, if you're younger than me, if you're not 39 years old, but let's say you're 25 years old listening to Rico right now, how many playoff games have you experienced? I feel like I haven't experienced a lot, but what about you? What would you, if you don't remember 2006, then all you have is 15 and 16. If you do remember 2006 and you don't remember 99 and 2000, then all you have is 2006, 15 and 16. We've got those plus 99, 2000. That's it. The fact that I could recite almost every playoff game I've seen the New York Mets play doesn't say anything about my memory, doesn't say anything about me. It says something about the Mets. It says something about the fact there aren't that many playoff games to remember. So whenever they clinch, whether, and hopefully it's Monday, but whatever it is, let us all take a deep breath, not be mocked by our Yankee fan friends, and celebrate, we should, the fact that we're a playoff team. Now, we want more than that. We don't want to just be in the postseason and get dumped out quickly like that pathetic showing in 2016. I know, it wasn't pathetic. Bumgarner's great, like I said, but it sucked. The whole th- that whole thing sucked. And the truth is, if they beat Bumgarner that day, they were so ravaged by injuries, the Cubs were going to absolutely crush them in the NLDS. But Bartolo Colon would have gotten the ball in game one, and Seth Lugo would have gotten the ball in game two. <laughs> that would have been something else, man. There is no doubt in my mind that Cubs were getting revenge on that 2016 team. But I do wonder, one last thing about 2016, since we're talking about history. If the New York Mets had re-signed Daniel Murphy, and Daniel Murphy, who put together an MVP caliber season for the Washington Nationals, was not a member of the Washington Nationals, but was a member of the New York Mets. Neil Walker would not be a Met. Murphy would be a Met. I know there's a stat called war. And it's funny, on Saturday's show, Joe Beningo cited war without citing war because he hates war. But he said, and I quote, Boy, Aaron Judge must add 10 wins to the New York Yankees. Well, don't you think, bro? And I'm like, you just cited war. <laughs> but but here's my point about war. The Washington Nationals won that division by eight games that year, okay? If you put Daniel Murphy on the Mets and you put whomever on the Nationals, Brandon Phillips, who I think they were going at, whoever, it, Neil Walker, Neil yeah, Walker. we'll just flip the two of them. <laughs> if Daniel Murphy was a six-war player and Neil Walker was, let's say, a two-war player, That's four games the Mets would improve, but it's four games the Nationals would decrease. We win the division. (laughs) And if we win the division, I don't know. Maybe the whole world's different. Maybe, maybe, you know, we beat the LA Dodgers in the NL Divisional Series, and at least we talk about 2016 in a much more glowing way than we talk about it now, which is like a fart in the wind because they played one stinking game, didn't score a run, and got sent home. You're talking to the wrong person because I was so upset when Dale Murphy did not come back to the Mets. Uh, you know that that to me was a real kick. Oh, in the of board, course. To be fair, and that and and, and it's, it, listen, when you have a pure hitter, which is why when they were thinking about trading Jeff McNeil, I'm like, when you have guys who could hit 
above average, like at a 320 pace, why would you get rid? Why do you not want them on the team? Like I don't care what they believe in. Get, bring them in. Keep them I around. I never didn't like Daniel Murphy. I want to make that clear. But I never thought he was going to go to Washington and compete for a triple crown. No, as great as he was during the postseason that year, I never thought that he was going to then go to Washington and be an MVP caliber player. So I admit that. I, I can't live in denial and scream and yell saying, boy, I knew that was going to happen. Despite his great postseason, I did not think that would happen with Daniel Murphy. But it is what it is, and he came back to old-timers day. And so all is right with the world with Daniel Murphy. But the Mets still had a year in 2016 that could have looked far, far, far different if Murphy was on their team and not the Washington Nationals. We will give you another Rico Bronia after the series with Milwaukee. It'll definitely be ready for you to download in time for the off day Thursday morning. And hopefully the Mets will have maintained where they are. That's literally my goal now over the next few days and next few weeks till we get to the Atlanta series. Maintain being even with Atlanta in the loss column. That's the goal. If they can walk into that series, even with the Braves, I will certainly take my chances. There'll be a lot of football talk on WFN because the Giants are 2-0. The Jets are 1-1. So you want to make sure you're listening to Tiki and Tierney. Pete Hoffman will be on that program 10 a.m. on Monday. And me and Craig, 2 o'clock. By the way, Craig predicted that New York would have a perfect weekend. He said they are going to go 8-for-8. And he was almost right. But unfortunately, the New York Yankees could not hold their end of the bargain up. The Jets won. The Giants won. The Mets swept the Pittsburgh Pirates. But those damn Yankees, they couldn't do it for us on Friday and Saturday. Those sons of bitches. Anyhow, I'm sure Craig will take credit either way and say, ah, it was close enough, which in fairness, he was. I mean, that was a perfect New York sports weekend. Thank you for listening to Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>